Black Monday strikes to some cheers and some jeers. Will the real MVP please stand up? And who's looking to make their return on Sunday? Let's get going. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks to friends like OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Yeah, again, we appreciate you guys making the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listener, your first view every single day. James, on Monday, Bruce Arians met with the media and pretty much immediately was asked about some of these injured players who missed the tail end of the regular season and gave some pretty good updates. He said Leonard Fournette has been looking good and should be ready to return for the wild card matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Shaquille Barrett and JPP also both looking good, looking like they're on track. Coach Arians also said that Levante David is looking better, moving around better than he was before, but it's still unsure whether or not Levante David is going to be ready to return for the wild card round or if we're going to have to wait for the divisional round uh, to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' best linebacker, uh, as far as I'm concerned, back on the field. And then with Jamel Dean. So Jamel Dean left the Carolina Panthers game week 18 with an injury. Uh, Bruce Arians basically on Monday saying that he doesn't know what the status of that is uh, yet, which is pretty standard you know, practice for a Monday uh, following a game. So hopefully we'll find more tomorrow. And then obviously Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, as we get into injury reports, we'll find out more. But James, ultimately, and for what it's worth, Bruce Arians actually did mention Jamel Dean is the guy that he's concerned with the most uh, returning for this game. And I think that's because he's probably pretty confident in what they have run defense-wise. Uh, especially with Anthony Nelson, Joe Tryon, Shoinka, and Kevin Minter having a little bit more experience now than they did, obviously, previous to these injuries. Granted, Kevin Minter, I don't think experience is, is an issue uh, with him. But with Anthony Nelson and Joe, Joe Tryon, Shoinka, obviously getting that that uh, that experience is going to be incredibly invaluable if they do have to play. But when you look at guys like Devontae Smith uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, if Jamel Dean, your fastest defensive back on the field, isn't available, that could be problematic. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've seen guys step in, uh, you know, at corner throughout the season, whether it was Ross Cockrell or Pierre Desir or Dee Delaney. You could have Richard Sherman coming back. He's kind of been like the forgotten guy because he played three games and then disappeared again. But yeah, certainly some concern there if um, if Jamel Dean isn't able to go. But I guess it might be, it's like a good news, bad news situation, right? Bad news is he's really mostly concerned about Jamel Dean, but that means the good news is he's not as concerned about Cyril Grayson, who was yeah. a, a great player for the team the last two weeks. We saw him leave with a hamstring injury, and it was it was real quick. He went to the sideline, and then all of a sudden, like one play later, he's heading to the locker room. Yeah. And Bruce Arians told the media that the hamstring injury isn't as severe as they thought it was initially. So they're they're going into this with, I guess, 
cautious optimism that he might actually be able to go on Sunday against the Eagles, which of course would help with, with no Chris Godwin and no Voldemort, he who shall not be named. Um, but we saw another guy step up. We saw two guys step up, really. Tyler Johnson was getting quite a few targets, and then Brashad mm -hmm. Perryman with the play of the game, probably a top-five play for the Buccaneers this season. And so people in our in our YouTube comments were, were talking about it, kind of an organic conversation that popped up, and it, it warrants discussion, David, that what oh. is the confidence level in Brashad Perryman? And we saw him a few years ago, in this offense, he played really well with Jameis Winston. They brought him back in when they were having all of these injuries at receiver, and he has played well when called upon. He missed a couple of games. He was in the, the COVID protocol, but mm -hmm. Brady has all the confidence in the world in him. He'll throw him the ball, and Brashad Perryman has shown that he can absolutely help this offense. So if they roll out there with Mike, Tyler, Brashad, you got Scotty Miller involved a little bit. I, I'm fully confident in Brashad Perryman's ability to be a number two on this team throughout the postseason because mm -hmm. he warrants that confidence. He has shown us that he can be a playmaker and he can carry that load. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have no doubts that Brashad Perryman can can carry his weight if he's you know if he's looked to be that number two wide receiver. And it's it's really kind of funny. You go back to Brashad Perryman entering the National Football League, really just didn't live up to expectations. Didn't really click on his first team. He ends up with the Buccaneers eventually has this kind of breakout performance when guys are injured and he's forced to step up again. Uh, and then he goes on to, I think, with Detroit, right? And then kind of fizzles out there. But then he comes back to Tampa and all of a sudden he's making plays again. Like whatever it is with this Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich offense uh, in Tampa, it just it just speaks to Brashad Perryman. So Brashad basically needs to go to the camp route rate, tell his agent, look, keep me in Tampa. I don't care what we got to do. Keep me in Tampa. Or if Byron Leftwich gets hired somewhere else and takes this offense where he's going, Go there. Go to Byron. Either either go to Byron or stay in Tampa. Whatever it is, we'll talk about Byron Leftwich's future here in a minute. But I have zero problems with Rashad Perryman being the number two wide receiver. Obviously, you prefer Chris Godwin, right? And you prefer Antonio Brown if he's not doing all the things that he's doing. But you don't have them. They're not options. They're not available. So as options are concerned, uh, Rashad Perryman. Look, I'll, I'll take Rashad Perryman, Mike Evans over Devontae Smith and uh, whoever else the, the Philadelphia Eagles have playing wide receiver. Um, for on their side of the ball. And that's kind of, I think, what we've really been stating here going into the playoffs is even with the amount of injuries they've had, Mike Evans, Chris Scott, or uh, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Cyril Grayson, or Bertrand Perryman, whoever it is, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Leonard Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones, if he gets healthy enough to participate in the playoffs this year, stuff like that, still a better offensive set of weapons than every other team as far as I'm concerned when I look across the spectrum of the National Football League. So mostly good news coming out of Tampa on Monday. Again, we'll have to monitor all these things as the week continues, see if all those guys still look on the upward upward trajectory, see if Levante David can't maybe get himself ready for the wild card round. But we're going to get ready for our next part of this conversation. James, before we do that, let's hear from a member of Bucks Nation. Hey, guys, this is uh, Nick out of Winter Haven, Florida. I just wanted to say how awesome it was being at the game and witnessing Nothing but crickets whenever the Panthers had scored or did anything like that. Any kind of big play that the Panthers made, it was nothing. So it's nice to see that we are refilling the team up with our fans and not going off and selling the other fans and listening to them jack their jaws, so to speak. So I know that was a topic of uh, adventures a few weeks ago, so it's just really nice to hear 
all the crickets whenever the Panthers did something good. And uh, looking forward to the uh, first home playoff game that I've ever been to um, for the Buccaneers take on the Eagles. So with that, let's get this next dub. Super Bowl bound. Go Bucks. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Life changes are exciting, and they usually have tax implications. Maybe you were a full-time employee who decided to freelance, and now you need some advice on how to file as a contractor. Maybe you started driving rideshare after your 9-to-5 job, or maybe you work in one state but live in another, and you need help reporting your income. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experienced experts dedicated to answering all of your tax questions and finding every deduction for you, and you can talk to them from your phone without ever having to leave your house. Whether you got married, had kids, changed careers, whatever it is, TurboTax Live experts are ready to help you with your unique tax situation and get you the best tax outcome. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund, so visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live. Thanks again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first view or your first listen. Every single day, David Harrison, James Yarko on Twitter at dharrison82 at jyarko underscore bucks. The show at Locked On Bucks. Find everything that we're writing about your Buccaneers at bucksnation.com or that is on Twitter as well at bucks underscore nation. Our regular season recap. Now, originally, guys, we had kind of come into the same. We know we're going to do some regular season superlatives like rookie of the year, best edition, stuff like that. But I think a lot of that kind of speaks for itself, right? Joe Tryon, Shoinka. Uh, I think is is obviously your your rookie of the year, but there's been a conversation happening, James, mostly in social media. Obviously, a little bit of media uh, buzzes around too, and it's it's the yearly MVP award, and it seems to me that it's basically boiled down to Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, who finished with the number one seed in the NFC, tied tied records with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So both the Bucks and the Packers have the best records in the NFL. So we figured we would take this opportunity before we get really into the full playoff push and kind of talk about this MVP conversation and try to do it as unbiased as possible. Right? Obviously we cover the Buccaneers. So we cover Tom Brady. So we're obviously closer to what Tom is doing on a week in week out basis than we are Aaron Rodgers. And, and I want to say this personality is, is not a part of this inf- is not a part of this process. I think for either of us, even if it is for some of the voters. So it is, it is something that's worth talking about to a certain extent, but we're going to keep it kind of to the performance on the field. So again, both teams have the same record, right? The Buccaneers and the Packers finish uh, with the exact same record and not for nothing, but as far as run game support is concerned, both of them also finished the year with run offenses that finished with 4.3 yards per carry. Of course, Tom Brady had some influences with some of those 11, 12 yard carries uh, of his own, right? Correct. Dual. So that is where, but that's where the similarities split, right? So after that, we have some disparities here. So Tom Brady leads this, this competition in pass attempts, uh, completions, yards, touchdowns, and drop rate. And when I say leads in drop rate, it actually means his receivers are dropping more passes on average than Aaron Rodgers are because I think that's important, especially when you're talking about attempts and completions. So attempts, Tom Brady has 719 attempts compared to, to Aaron Rodgers' 531. Completions, Brady has 485 compared to Aaron Rodgers' 366. For those of you who don't want to do the math, the disparity in attempts is greater than the disparity in completions, meaning that they're completing uh, about the same amount of passes, but there is a little bit of a gap there in yards. Tom Brady has more than 1,200 more passing yards this season than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 43 touchdown passes for Tom Brady, 37 for Aaron Rodgers, so six more there for the GOAT. And then drop rate. Tom Brady's receivers drop passes at a 6.7% rate, almost 7%, compared to Aaron Rodgers' receivers, 
who were dropping the dropping passes at just a 4.2% rate. Now, Aaron Rodgers does lead a little bit in this. For one, the Packers have five wins against playoff teams compared to the Buccaneers. Four wins against playoff teams. Aaron Rodgers' pass completion percentage, 68.9% compared to Tom Brady, 675 Rodgers only has four interceptions compared to Tom Brady's 12. And yards per average, Aaron Rodgers has 7.7 compared to Tom Brady's 7.4. So, James, when you look at all these numbers, when you look at the fact that both these teams, again, they finished with the same record. They they both beat relatively same. I mean, the Packers have one more win against a playoff team than uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. But So what are your thoughts on this award and the race and who should come out as the winner? Well, the, the first thing that I have a problem with is the wins versus playoff teams. Because I, I realize, yes, the playoff teams are the playoff teams. It's set in stone. It's done. But if we were to put the Steelers and the Colts on a field against one another, mm-hmm. I think the Colts win. The Colts are a better team than the Steelers. The Steelers backed in yep. because the Colts just absolutely collapsed. But Carson you know, Wentz collapsed. Carson Wentz with his 4.4 quarterback rating uh, against Jacksonville. Um, but for a month, we were talking about nobody wants to face the Colts in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Jonathan Taylor should have been the MVP if the Colts make the playoffs. You're talking about a team with seven pro bowlers not making the playoffs, whereas the Steelers were an absolute disaster all year long. So that, I mean, I get it. The Steelers made the playoffs. The Packers beat them, whatever. Um, They also lost to the Saints 38 to three in in week one. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Look, the MVP, in my opinion, is no longer as meaningful as it used to be. Mm-hmm. The MVP is now who is the quarterback for the best team in the NFL? That's that's what it's boiled down to. Derrick Henry should have won the MVP last year. There's no question in my mind. Derrick Henry was more valuable to the Titans than Aaron Rodgers was to the Packers. So all of that said, all of that put to the side, when you take a look at these two players – what they both did was MVP worthy. Absolutely. But I think if you are going to take the award for what it is, who no. is the most valuable player, it's Tom Brady to the Buccaneers than it is Aaron Rodgers to the Packers. Not to mention the injuries the Buccaneers dealt with on both sides of the ball, overcoming that, still getting that 13-4 and four record. Tom Brady doing what he did, setting franchise records and career highs. Mm-hmm. At 44 years old, that warrants an MVP. And I realized you had you had mentioned that it's kind of the LeBron James effect, right? Mm-hmm. That you could give it to Tom every single year, but you're not going to. Well, Aaron's won it more at this point. So I think it should go to Tom. It will go to Aaron. Yeah, so they actually both have three MVPs right now. So both of them have won the MVP award three times in their careers. Um, and and that's actually kind of a point that I want to make here. Um, at the end of the day, when when these two quarterbacks are stacked side by side, which one's a better quarterback? It's Tom Brady. It's it's obviously Tom Brady. I don't think there's really any arguing that before his Buccaneers time and, and all that stuff. So in that sense, Aaron Rodgers can't have more MVPs than Tom Brady because Tom Brady is clearly the better quarterback. Now, that's not much of a strong argument, but I like everything you said. And, and something that I noticed when we were putting these numbers together and lining them all up, right? Where Tom Brady wins, right? So 719 attempts compared to 531. That shows you how much this Buccaneers offense really leans on Tom Brady 
to lead this team versus what the Packers do with their team. Completions, 485 to 300. I mean, almost 120 more completions in, like, understand how many completions quarterback has in a game. Like, 40 completions is a lot of completions in a single game. Brady's basically done that three times over, more than Aaron Rodgers. And maybe some of that is missed games. I got that. But availability is the best ability. We're talking about this season. This season, just because Aaron Rodgers was available for less time, doesn't give him more credit for what he's done. Again, the passing yards, the disparity there, six more touchdowns, all those things. Then you look at the interceptions, which is really the only place uh, that I think Aaron Rodgers kind of uh, blows Tom Brady's stats out of the water here. Because intercept, I mean, percentage, 68.9% completion rate for Rodgers. Tom Brady is is less than a percent and a half at 675 Interceptions is really it. But we all know that interceptions, just as much as wins and losses, aren't quarterback stats. Interceptions are quarterback stats, but they're not always indicative of what a quarterback is doing. According to Pro Football Focus, turnover-worthy plays. Aaron Rodgers has 12 turnover-worthy plays this season. Tom Brady has 15. So while he has eight more interceptions, Tom Brady only has three more turnover-worthy plays. That kind of shows you the disparity in what's happening from the receiver side. And then the yards per attempt. I mean, Rodgers is averaging 0.3 yards more per attempt than Tom Brady is. Uh, again, I, I just think the gap where Brady leads the competition or the conversation is much bigger than the gap where Rodgers leads the conversation. And because of that, to me, it goes to Tom Brady. Also, if you want to throw a little bit extra in there, uh, Devontae Adams, Pro Bowl wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. The Buccaneers apparently have no Pro Bowl caliber wide receivers. Right. That's trash. But, hey, if we're going to say the Buccaneers have no Pro Bowl receivers, that is a part of this conversation. And, oh, by the way, let's get a little bit into the fandom. What do every Packers fan, what does every Saints fan, what does every other team fan say to Buccaneers fans? As soon as Tom Brady's gone, your team is trash. So if this team is trash without Tom Brady, that means Tom Brady's pretty stinking valuable. And uh, Bucks Nation is also very valuable to this show, James. So let's hear from another member of that group. Ooh. Hey, guys. This is Mad Dog from St. Creatorsburg calling from Williamsburg, Virginia this time. Hey, I just have to get on my soapbox. You know, the... Fans that are complaining about how the Bucks are playing and how much they are winning by, etc. This isn't college football, guys. You don't get style points. We got the dub. We are tied for the best record in the NFC. All right, we're tied with the Packers for the best record. We are the second seed in the playoffs. And we got there without all our weapons. Now, think about what's going to happen when we get Levante David back, Shaq Barrett, Lombardi Lenny, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my thoughts are, I think Bruce Arians should be in the conversation for Coach of the Year because of that. And I think uh, the coordinators, especially Todd Bowles, should be in the conversation for the uh, coordinator of the year for what he had to had to pull together with all the injuries in the backside of the defense. But hey, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm looking forward uh, to see this new Bucks team. It's not the same as last year. I want to see how deep they go, and uh, I'm pretty confident in our ability to make some noise in the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Take care, fire the canyons, and go Bucks. Bucks fans, you know David and I have an incredible app to tell you about. 
that everyone that buys gas needs to have, and that is get upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime with your bank account, your PayPal. You can redeem it for e-gift cards for places like Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon at cash back on your first tank. That's promo code touchdown all right bucks fans we're all looking for an edge these days and i'd like to thank as well as james would like to thank onlinegambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast if you don't know already onlinegambling.com is a website dedicated to giving gamblers the edge throughout the playoffs they're providing you with the best nfl tips news and more to help make your bets as informed as ever onlinegambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day every day inspiring every gambler in the world to beat those odds don't make emotional decisions with your hard-earned dollars make informed decisions with information sourced by experts be sure to consult onlinegambling.com before placing your bets make sure you visit onlinegambling.com nfl for all the latest gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs remember that's onlinegambling.com nfl to make the most of this year's nfl playoffs Wrapping things up here on this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. And real quick, David, before we get into the uh, Black Monday madness that occurred, I want to go back to Mad Dog's call real quick. And, and Mad Dog, I love the enthusiasm. I love the optimism. I love the confidence. I don't agree with you. Bruce Arians should not be coach of the year. If I had a coach of the year vote, and David, I don't know how you feel about it. If I had one, it's going to Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel lost a guy who would have been in the MVP conversation that we just had in the last segment. And the Titans set a record for the most players on active game day rosters this year with almost 100 because no. of all of the injuries. That, I mean, you thought the Bucks injury problem was bad. The Titans basically used two full rosters this year because they had so many injuries. What Mike Vrabel did to end up with the number one seed was absolutely astounding, and I think he deserves Coach of the Year. That is, that is a good option, and I agree. I, I don't think Bruce Arians deserves Coach of the Year. And it, it's kind of a, a rough situation because the talented the roster is so talented that it's really going to be hard to justify uh, B.A. getting Coach of the Year with a, a, a roster as talented uh, in the situation that they're in. They would need – record-setting injury turnover, right? Like like what you're talking about with Mike Vrabel. Um, I think it should go to Zach Taylor, to be quite honest with you. To go from having the number one overall pick to being in the playoffs uh, and winning your division when Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Baker Mayfield, granted Mayfield's kind of fallen off, I think, uh, are, are in your division. And really, a lot of people expected you to finish third at best, if not last, in the division again this year. Uh, to come back, to come out this season and actually win that division – uh, and make the playoffs two years in Joe Burrow's career with the injury that he had last year that took away, what, half his season. I think that's pretty impressive, and not for nothing, but well, let's not forget Jamar Chase 
couldn't even see the football uh, in August. But now all of a sudden he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So I, I, I tip my hat to both of those guys. Um, very good choices either way, uh, as, as long as it's not Cliff Kingsbury. But yikes, James, Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury, <laughs> whether anybody likes it or not, uh, is going to be coaching in the postseason this year yes. in the playoffs. Uh, there are some people who are not going to be. Uh, Vic Fangio, not coaching in the playoffs. Uh, John Gruden. Definitely not coaching in the playoffs. Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins, not coaching in the postseason. Matt Nagy, not, not coaching in the postseason. Mike Zimmer uh, and obviously Urban Meyer not getting anywhere near uh, the NFL playoffs, hopefully. So or coaching. Broncos, Raiders, Dolphins, Bears, Vikings, Jags. Those are the jobs that, as we speak right now, are appear to be open. Now, truth be told, Coach Passaccia out in, in Las Vegas has done a really great job with those Raiders. They obviously made the playoffs after winning on Sunday night. So maybe he keeps that job. I don't know. But for all intents and purposes, he considered the interim coach right now. So we'll consider that job open. First question to you, James, with this turnover that's happening, rank those six jobs from best job to worst job. I think the best job right now is the Denver Broncos. They have they're missing a quarterback. Really, that's that's it. And I realize you're missing the most important part of a team. But we heard the draft rumors you know, way back in April that they were closing in on a deal for Aaron Rodgers. If you can get a, uh, they won't get Derek Carr because Derek Carr is, is within the division. If you can get an Aaron Rodgers, if you can get a, you know, a Huntley out of Baltimore, he is a starting caliber quarterback. You have guys like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Fireball Jones. And by Fireball Jones, I mean Tim Patrick because Tim Patrick's a very boring name. And so the fantasy footballer said, nope, new name, Fireball Jones. You have a two-headed monster that is very effective at running back. And you have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think that is the ideal job if you can just find that one guy to be under center. After that, I, I like the Raiders roster. They have a ton of talent up and down. The Dolphins, they were a playoff team last year and just absolutely fell apart to start this season. Then they win eight of their last nine games and the coach gets canned anyway. Uh, I, I think they are a, a hot target after that. I have the bears. I have the Vikings. And then coming in last, I have the Jaguars. The Jaguars oh. are not a good football team. They do not have a good quarterback. I I'm fully out after one year on Trevor Lawrence. He is not the guy. And a lot one of the year these were hidden in college no. I, I, I don't buy into him, but I think the Broncos are the top job. Yeah, listen, I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was the next coming of the greatest quarterback in the NFL either, but I I don't think I'm ready to call his career uh, you know, post-mortem just yet after if, one season. If my I list it won't be the first time, and I'll, I'll admit <laughs> it on the show. <laughs> my list is a little bit different in that my top two jobs are teams that actually have quarterbacks that I would be okay with trying to build my franchise and my roster around. Uh, number one is the Chicago Bears. I love Darnell Mooney. You know I love Darnell Mooney. I love Darnell Mooney, is great. I think that defense still has a lot of good bones in that infrastructure. I think you can build around what it still has on it, and I like Justin Fields, what we've seen from so far. you got to get the right coach in there. you got to get a coach that's going to cater to what he does and not try to force him to be something he's not. Then I have the Las Vegas Raiders. You know I'm a big Derek Carr guy. I look at what this team has been able to do, how they've have had, how they've come together around all the things that have happened around this team, from the coach staff to losing Henry Ruggs because of what he did and, and all this stuff. If you get him another weapon and you look at the wide receiver group in this NFL draft, there are weapons available to add to that roster and imagine what else they could do. It feels like it's Derek Carr's career in a nutshell. Imagine what he could do if he had more weapons. But 
So that's, I like that situation. The Minnesota Vikings, I like some of the players they have, the pieces that they have. Uh, obviously, they need a new quarterback. Same with the Denver Broncos. Um, the Broncos, I think the Broncos and Vikings are basically 3A and B for me. I gave the Vikings the nudge just because of Jefferson. I like Jefferson more than I like everything else that they have there. Adam Thielen, I like that, again, more than what the Broncos have there. That's why I have the Broncos down below the Vikings. Then I have the Jaguars, not in love with being married to Trevor Lawrence, but I would rather be married to Trevor Lawrence than I would than I would want to be married to Tua Tagovailoa. And I get the sense that Brian Flores, Flores was shipped out of Miami because he was wanting to move on from Tua Tagovailoa, and that's basically the sense that I get. So, if I'm wrong on that, I think the Dolphins climb a little bit, right? But if I'm right on that, and basically any coach taking that job is going to be married to Tua, the, the the Dolphins are at the bottom of my list. Yeah, I I can I can see all that. I don't agree with the Justin Fields take, but I know you don't. Everybody, That's everybody fine. Knew that was coming, but yeah. I will say, based on my rankings, I would rather have Justin Fields than Trevor Lawrence. That tells you my feelings on Lawrence. And I hate to put the Vikings as low as I did, but that defense is just an absolute disaster. The defense has definitely fallen off. Oh, oh my god, that's that's how that's how important Jefferson is to me compared to the Broncos. The Broncos don't have a bad defense at all. So uh, yeah, Broncos and Vikings definitely they're kind of teetering on the same. So let's look at this from a Buccaneer standpoint. Obviously, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles most likely destination of these openings. If Byron Leftwich gets one of these jobs, which one is it and why? Byron Leftwich, you have to go to the Jags, right? That's He's been a name that they've talked about from the moment the urban rumors were swirling because he was their first round pick. He was with the organization for a long time. He's done a great job as offensive coordinator. Can he take what he's learned working with Tom Brady for the last two years and help mold Trevor Lawrence into the quarterback that Shad Khan was hoping he was going to be? To me, I think for Byron Leftwich, it's Jaguars or Bucks. If he doesn't get the Jags job, I don't think one of these other teams is going to be hiring him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that if he gets one of these jobs, it's going to be with the Jaguars for all the reasons you stated as well. And a young quarterback who's had some struggles and obviously his NFL career not getting off to the start that he thought it was going to, especially with the environment around him, bringing in a guy who has had some success, worked with some of the best in the business, and also used to play the game at the, at the NFL level. I think that's going to resonate with the young quarterback. Honestly, though, I think the best job for him, like this, I don't think this is going to happen, but I think the Raiders would actually yes. be the best job for him because I think if you're going to have a young coach, you need an experienced quarterback. If you have an ex- a young quarterback, you need an experienced coach, kind of a vice versa thing. But when you have a young coach and an experienced quarterback, you need to make sure it's not a bully quarterback that's a quarterback that's going to work with them. And Derek Carr, I don't know that Derek Carr bullies anything. Like Derek Carr, I imagine if there's a fly that gets into his kitchen, he catches it in a cup, lets it out outside and just lets it fly free. So I think Derek Carr would be a very good veteran quarterback for a first-time head coach like Byron Leftwich, but I don't think the Raiders are going to go that direction. Now, Todd Bowles, if there's one job on that list you can pick for Todd Bowles, and we're not wishing Todd Bowles would leave, just right. full disclosure, but which one would it be? Broncos. Broncos. Uh, I, I think what he can do with the talent on the defensive side of the ball, to me it was a coin flip between the Broncos and the Dolphins, but I think what, what Todd Bowles can do with the defensive talent on that team, if he brings in the right offensive coordinator and they are able you know, to get John Elway to bring in the one piece that they need, that's a team that can compete for the division with the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw the Chiefs this year kind of do this nonsense. They got hot there at the end. But I think Todd Bowles and Denver would be a really, really, really good fit. I just really hope it doesn't happen. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the Bears, like to be honest, I think the Bears. I think Todd Bowles is the guy to rebuild that Chicago Bears defense. And I'm not a Chicago Bears fan, but everybody knows Chicago Bears are built on defense. That's what they love to do. Todd Bowles is the guy to come in there. They've got enough pieces. Now he can bring in the rest of the infrastructure to make it a Todd Bowles defense. And you look at the offensive side of the ball, obviously Todd Bowles is more of a defensive guy, but his mindset as a coach is to do what, what is best for our roster. Again, don't fit the roster into what we want. Do what we need to do to make the roster shine. So he's going to make sure whatever offensive coordinator he brings onto that team does what's best for Justin Fields instead of making Justin Fields do what's best for his coach. And I think that's the perfect situation for that quarterback and for that defense and for the team. And honestly, listen, the NFL is always better when teams like the Chicago Bears are doing better. And I would love to see Todd Bowles be the guy that unseats Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers if Aaron Rodgers returns to Green Bay, which I think he's going to do. But that's conversation for another time. So those are our jobs. Obviously, the Texans and the Seahawks are teams that are so rumored to possibly move on from their head coaches. We'll see what happens there. James still thinks there's a possibility the Giants get rid of Joe Judge, which would be the smartest decision they can make. But I don't think they're that intelligent. I think Danny Dimes and Joe Judge are coming back, and we'll have this conversation again in 2023. If you guys would like to call in, ask a question, give your thoughts on anything, of course, you can do so at 813-444-5841. And thank you again, Mad Dog and Nick, for their contributions to the show. Thank you all for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day, free and available on all platforms. And tomorrow, I will be back with Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. We are going to dive in to the playoff matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about any other pertinent news that happens to come out between now and then. But you need to make your second listen today, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.